My first time was terrifying. My first time was scary. Exciting. Shocking. Traumatic. Sad. Awkward. Weird. Uncomfortable. It's depressing. A relief. I thought I was dying. Meh. <laughs> My first time was horrifying. <laughs> My first time was empowering. My first time. My first time. My name is Janet Mbogwa. I'm a media personality from Kenya, the founder of the award-winning Inua Dada Foundation, author of My First Time, which has inspired this podcast about first-time period stories, and I'm a mom of two amazing boys. It's important to me that we continue normalizing and mainstreaming taboo conversations through diverse voices, because when everyone is included, everyone wins. We've all had moments where we thought to ourselves, if only I'd known this earlier, it would probably have saved you time, emotional distress, or money. In this episode, we have our Inuadada youth advocates, Lillian Simiu, who is an SRH mentor and advocate, and Rose Wajob, who rehabilitates street families. We do a deep dive into all things period and information that we wish we'd been given sooner with the aim of transforming how information about periods, period products, and period management is relayed. Here's that conversation. Okay, so please tell us your name um, and your first time story. Well, hi, my name is Lillian Simiu. I am a mental health advocate, SRH advocate, and I also work in a local CBU called the Water Foundation in Kibra. Um, my first time story is, I remember, I think I had just completed my class eight around 2010. And I, I had gone to Shags, and when I went to Shags, uh, I remember one day I was I'd gone to do my hair. It was about Christmas, and I'd just gone to do my hair for Christmas so that I look presentable. Uh, I remember feeling some pain that I couldn't, I had never felt before. So then after I went home, then I realized, oh, I saw okay now my periods were here. That is something that I had anticipated because now being in school, some of my friends had already gotten their periods and I was asking myself, how come? Why, why is mine late? Why is mine not here? So what I didn't anticipate was the pain that, that I wasn't ready for. And now after I got home, I didn't know where to get products. And I remember my cousin, I was, I was with my cousin who's older, but she wasn't there. So I remember just going to check her things for, for a pad because I remember in school we were taught at some point, this is how you put on a pad and things like that. So I had an idea. So I just went to my cousins. I just went to look for, for a pad in her stuff. Luckily I found one, but what I also struggled with is now telling somebody because I wasn't with my mom there. I was at my aunt's place. So I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to, to have this conversation. I didn't know who to tell because apart from my, my cousin or my other, all my other cousins who are male. And now there's my aunt and my aunt was very strict. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to approach her with this conversation. So yeah, that's, that's how my first time was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Your name and your first time story. Hi, um, I'm Rose Wajob. I'm the founder of Humans for Humans Foundation. Uh, my first time story is very short, I can say. I started when I was in class seven. 
So I just woke up, the normal routine, you go shower, you prepare for school. Then I started hearing this, uh, feeling these sharp pains in my abdomen. At first, I didn't know what it was. So like, ah, maybe it's like a stomach ache or something. But it got worse. It got worse. And then the symptoms of uh, vomiting and uh, diarrhea. So um, we had uh, the house help. So I was like, ah, what is going on? And by then, I had not started my period yet. It was just the cramps. Mm -hmm. So, but she understood because she's way older. So that's when she knew that the periods were coming. So she was like, Rose, take your panty, put your pad like this and this, and just wait. So I didn't go to school. Uh, she got uh, she got uh, painkillers for me. And then for that, they didn't go to school. But now that was the start of a very painful journey because uh, all my periods since class seven, they have been so painful that I have to go get shots for the pain. So... I've never actually had a painless period, so I don't know how it feels. So yeah, that's my first time story. Let's pick up on that before we go <laughs> yes. to what we wish we knew. And I'm sure you're like, what I wish I knew is that periods can be really painful. And yeah. I'll come back to you, Lillian. But you're saying that from class seven, you've had to manage painful periods. Were you diagnosed with anything? Was it endometriosis? Was it something else? I have never done any diagnosis because I do not, I think I'm, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what's wrong. I just think it's normal as per now. And I, the shots are administered by an expert doctor. Um, and what shots are they? Is it hormonal shots or what is it? Painkillers? Painkillers? Yeah. Actually, I've never really known what exactly they put into what me. What job? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> We're going to do a follow-up conversation yeah. with you. Okay. Where I'm sure people have told you you need to, you know, get checked. And I'm sure, yes. yeah, you're concerned and nervous, but... I just think a diagnosis is always better than none. Yes. However, millions of people around the world experience severe period pains like you. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be anything, but you manage them with shots. Has it, has it affected you to the point where sometimes you can't go to work or school? Actually, when I'm on my periods, I don't work. Like, let's say last week I was on my periods and I didn't go to work for two days. I had to call on sick leave. Yes. Okay. yes. Which is why the conversation on menstrual leave is becoming a pretty big one. Yes. But your workplace allows you. Yes, it okay. does. Yes. Wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> I think there's many people who, but Lillian, yours are not, you've had manageable periods. Yeah, they are. But I also experience a lot of pain. Sometimes I do get the shots, but not every month. So for mine, some months are better than others. Some months I can manage, some months... I can't. I also don't work. I I don't do anything. But some months are okay. We we can do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Periods are very complex, right? Yes. It's such a you, you just you don't know what, what your cycle will be like. Mm -hmm. And we need to be equipped with that kind of information. Is that part of what you both wish you knew? What do you wish you knew about periods? I wish I knew the pain. Mm. About the pain. And I also wish I knew that sometimes your hormones will act up and sometimes you just feel sad and you don't know what's what's happening with you. Yeah, I, I definitely wish that I knew this thing could potentially destabilize my life for a few days. Because, you know, when you're getting into that stage, you're just excited to get the periods. But you don't know, you don't understand what it comes with. Like for some people, for my friends, for example, it wasn't, they didn't experience any pain. So I thought mine would be like that. Yeah. So I wish I knew, I wish I knew 
there would be pain. I also wish I knew that sometimes you will just feel, you will just feel ish ish. Your hormones will not be, yeah. I mm. wish I knew those two things. That's very legit. I kind of wish I knew that too. Mm. I do wish I knew about the the mood swings and the pain, and I still think I get affected to a point where sometimes I'm so heavy and sad, and to a point where you almost project. And you feel like you've been wronged by someone. Yeah. And every time I wake up and I'm on my period, I'm like, that's what it was. Why are we still dealing with, mm -hmm. with this? And I feel like there's something that I, I need to check because it could be a worse version of mood swings. And sometimes it needs a deeper diagnosis. So that's something I recognized in myself not too long ago. And I said, I'm actually going to go seek expert advice because I feel like it's becoming worse. Yeah. And I don't know what that could be. I don't know whether it could be the season or that I'm growing older. I don't know what it is. But I, mm -hmm. I've always been somebody who, when I recognize something, I say I need to have it looked at, which is why even when I had very painful periods, like you two have said when I was very young, um, eventually I had ovarian cysts, and then eventually I was diagnosed with endometriosis. So I'm like you, Lily, and I'm like, I wish somebody told me about the pain and the mood swings. What about you, Wajab? What do you wish you knew? Uh, I wish I knew that ovulation can be painful mm. uh personally i usually have like a day or two where i feel either on my left or my right side there's a, usually a very bad pain and i remember when i was in high school that's the first time i experienced those ovulation pains and uh i got scared you know when you it pains on the on the lower side so i thought it was my kidneys because i didn't think it could be painful you know for the ovulation so I went and told my matron, I think there's something wrong with my kidneys. So she was like, ah, yo niku nyesha tu, wendo kalale. So she really didn't tell me like, you know, the ovulation, you can have pain or not. So all along in my whole, the whole term, I thought some, something was wrong with my kidneys. So when I went home, that's when my mom told me, ah, that is ovulation. Mm -hmm. And not everybody experiences it. Yeah. yeah. So that is something I wish I knew earlier, that I can have painful ovulation because yes. then you'd be able to manage it earlier yes now that you're both in a space where you are doing advocacy you both have agency you're able to talk to people and raise awareness on these issues how are you changing this pattern you know how are you trying to empower people with information tell us a little bit about the platform you talked a little bit about it in the beginning mm. Tell us how you're using that to try and change the narrative on, on menstruation. Uh, for me, I think being a teenager and even being younger, there are so many things that I wish somebody told me. And for that reason, uh, during COVID, we started a mentorship program for girls since girls were home. And the idea was just to give information on these things, menstruation and telling girls what to expect, products and just equipping them with information they would need not just on menstruation on menstruation but everything else because i felt like there's so many things that i didn't understand and i i wanted somebody to talk to but i felt like there was a big gap between me and my mother for example so for me what i'm doing now as an advocate is to raise awareness and also to just give the, the young girls the younger ones information so we work with schools in kibra and just girls in in the in the in the same neighborhood to just give them information and informa information and also to tell them about what they can expect and also just to have conversations about these things because for us 
there were no conversation all you were told is now you have periods you can get pregnant yeah yeah is it making a difference are you finding that they're responding in a way that they're able to practice it and understand it and implement it in their lives yeah it's making a difference for me the fact that we can just sit and have the conversation and they can come to us even when they don't have products for me it's a big difference compared to what we went through at our time yeah oh that's amazing what about for you how are you trying to shift the narrative on even speaking out or speaking up around yes menstrual disorder and the other intersectionalities whether it's mental health or awareness or well-being how are you using your platform um i'm using the the foundation that i'm running h4h um we deal mostly with street families the chokoras in quotes so for the street ladies the ladies who live on the streets they don't have access to the menstrual products they also don't have access to the painkillers any medicine to cope with the pain so what i'm trying to do currently is uh, mobilize the sanitary towels the inawares and also for the for the medicine it's a little bit hard because we are trying to form collaborations with uh, hospitals where we can make it accessible for the street ladies to get access to the medicine uh what we realized mostly is uh for foundations or organizations they usually take the sanitary towels to the streets but they don't even know these girls don't have inawares so what are you taking to them to do as in watafanyia nini so that is the challenge to we, that is the challenge we fa- we we saw actually which is a uh, even if you take to them maybe once and one in a where she needs a little at least three so that she can be able to change so that is what we are trying to provide the street families with uh what i realized also they are using the the glue you usually see them sniff mm-hmm. glue so that is what most of them told us that they used to curb the pain for the periods mm. and uh since most organizations and people well wishers they usually take to them the low quality sanitary towels we are trying to change the narrative and bringing them something that us ourselves can use because they usually complain we take to them low quality products they leak they get infections yet there are things us ourselves can choose mm-hmm. so that is the narrative we are trying to change on the streets and tell them this these street families they're just like us it's just that we have different status and different opportunities but we can be able to provide the street families with decency mm. yes it's so powerful that you work with them and as we wind up are you is there a sense of integrating them or transitioning them from the streets i know that can also be complex and led because for some of them that's home but what's the long term plan with trying to transition them from the streets um and how how are you getting that kind of support to see that they can transition from the streets hopefully into some form of housing um currently we're usually working with one and one individual at a time so we can if we identify an individual who really wants to change and wants to stop the drug abuse we take them into a rehabilitation center when they reform we take them back to their homes so we usually communicate we find out where they live we communicate with the parents tell them that we have rehabilitated their daughter or son then we find a way to take them back to their parents then we follow up most of them obviously they they fall back they relapse yeah yes but we don't give up on them as long as you show us that you really really want to change then we work with an individual at a time 
currently we don't have the resources to deal with a lot of people but we we have that vision yes we have that vision wow well thank you both i'm always blown away by a lot of the work you guys do so thank you for sharing that thank you for opening up about what you wish you knew but more than that for using that information to empower like the next generation thank you both so much thank you to you thank you Thank you for listening to my First Time Stories podcast, where we're pushing for menstrual justice one story at a time.